Good morning, family. It's good to be with you as I share the Word of God with you this morning. And this morning, I'm going to take a slight different approach. Uh, we're going to have three parts to the message this morning. First one is just uh, a pastoral message on my heart for you guys. And then in the middle, we will have briefly just Michelle share with us uh, a prophetic word based on a dream that she has had. And then we'll get into the actual sermon for this morning. But I wanted to start this morning just speaking to you from my heart. Um, leading during this season has been hard at times. It's been interesting and, and really just because we haven't been able to see one another and really connect one-on-one -on -one in person to really see how the congregation is doing, how you guys are doing. And last week, Wednesday, I was crying out to God and, and simply just seeking His face on behalf of you and praying for you. And while I was doing that, um, the Lord just clearly, in my mind's eye, just showed me 1 Thessalonians 2. Now, usually my Bible reading is a little bit more planned and, and systematic. And sometimes the Lord speaks to me and He shows me the words or the letters of a scripture. And, and last week was such a moment. And 1 Thessalonians 2 was clearly in, in my mind. And I opened it up and I, I saw what Paul write, wrote to the church in Thess Thessalonians. And, and it is actually amazing. It was like he was telling our story. It was like he was saying exactly what we are going through as a church. And I want to share just two parts of that with you this morning and just some, some impressions on my heart from the Lord in light of the scripture. So let's first of all read together. This is Paul speaking. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at His coming? It is not you, for you are our glory and our joy. Just looking at those words, it's like Paul was writing my story last week, Wednesday, where everything in me just desired to be with you guys, everything in me desired to see you in person, see you face to face. And so clearly said that even though we are separated in person, our hearts are still so connected. And I'm standing here representing the leadership team of this church and just wanting to say to you as a church, our hearts has never been separated from you at any point. We've been praying for you. We've been contending for you. We've been bringing you before the Lord. Because just as Paul says, what is our joy before God? What will be our crown at His coming? It will be you. It will be the congregation that we get to lead. And I was reading this and, and I just felt God just encouraged me and say, Pierre, continue to just bring the people before me. Your heart is there for them. And then Paul writes a little bit further on in chapter 3 and then he, he speaks to them about his eager anticipation of hearing how it's going with them. And he said that I couldn't come myself but I sent Timothy and Timothy came back to me with a great report and let's read what he said there he said that Timothy came with the report and then he says now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints Paul says that it was great to hear from Timothy that you guys are doing well, that that which we imparted 
you guys still keep up. But, but here's what I'm praying for you. And, and I want to say this morning, every nation summers always, this has been my prayer. This has been our prayer as a leadership for you. Paul prays for three things. He prays for an increase and an abounding in love for one another. He prays that they would have blameless and holy hearts before the Lord. And he prays that there will be a readiness in them for Christ's return. That's first point. And that's been one of my greatest cries in this time is God, let us as a spiritual family not grow apart from one another, but let us, our love for one another increase. Let those who call this house and this family their church, let our love for one another increase and abound in this time. Because I am so aware that there's so many other options out there in a time where we're not physically gathering, where you could sign into anything and, and listen to anything. But my prayer has been desperately, God, will you keep every nation Samsa West and her people together in this season. May our love for one another grow, not grow cold, but grow and abound in love for each other. May we continue to be a family knitted together where we are in each other's lives and know each other's stories. And that prayer is one I daily pray for you guys. And I wanted you to hear this this morning and the invitation again, make every nation sums the West the spiritual family where you feed from, where you eat from, where you invest, where you fellowship, where you participate and allow that God grows your heart for each other. Grow our hearts in love so that we can abound. And so one day when we get together again, we will be in a much better place than where we were before. Secondly, he was playing for blame, praying for blameless and holy hearts. And this is so important. And my message this morning is going to lean a little bit more into that. But in this time where we don't see one another and we, we don't get to talk that much and, and, and see where people are at, my prayer has been deeply, Lord, let my people and let your people stay close to you and walk in purity and blameless and set apart holiness in front of you where the world is demanding so much more and so much different things, so many different things. Let their hearts be holy and blameless before you. And then lastly, he reminds them of the fact that Christ will return. And this has been a, a, heavy, a heavy burden on my heart that we would continue to be a ready church. Last year, we spent time through the book of Revelation talking about our first love, talking about the readiness of the bride so that when the bridegroom comes, we can look him in the face. And like the, the ten virgins, we will be part of the five who's got oil in our lamps and ready for him to come so that we can enter in to the marriage of the Lamb. And that is my, my charge to you again this morning. Keep your eyes on what is still to come. Don't get bogged down just by what's around us in this moment and just hope for breakthrough for now, for this week, for this year, for, for this season. Let's keep our eyes on the idea that Christ will return and once and for all, He will bring His justice, He will bring His kingdom and there will no, be no more pain and suffering. So let's abound in our love for one another. Let's stay close to one another as a house. Let's be blameless and holy before Him and let's be a church that is ready for Christ's return. That's just from my heart to you guys. And as the Lord put this on my heart, Michelle shared last week how the Lord spoke to her also about a readiness and a coming back to Him. And I'm going to ask her to briefly share that word with you. And then I'll return with the message from Scripture to us this morning. Thanks so much, Pierre. I would just like to share with you two dreams that I've had recently, which I really felt the Lord speaking to me um, quite clearly through the dreams. So the first dream I had, I had a dream of a fighter pilot 
who was actually flying through a storm and the storm was pretty hectic and he started panicking and I actually saw him tapping his instruments because they, they weren't working and I woke up with the Holy Spirit clearly saying to me help him find his way back and I was wide awake and I prayed into this dream for quite some time and I really felt Holy Spirit impress on my heart that the individuals that have been through a difficult time perhaps you know been facing a storm and I feel like the Lord wants you to find your way back but your way back to him and I was praying into the fact that he was tapping on his instruments because you know they weren't working and I, I felt the Lord show me that perhaps the individuals who have forsaken his word because you know what the word of God is the best tool that we can have and the word of God is the one thing that is our constant and I really felt like Holy Spirit saying encourage my people to get back to my word get back to me to to the constant of who I am so if that is you today I, I just I really just want to encourage you to just to pick up the word of God get close to Jesus again and and ask him to help you find your way back to him so that was the first dream the second dream I had, I'm not going to go into too much detail regarding this dream, but I found myself in a library and there was a, um, a staircase in the middle of the library and it, it was one of those twirly staircases. And I stood at the bottom of the staircase and I started walking up and then midway I stopped and the scripture in Psalm just dropped in my spirit and the scripture is, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And I find myself in my dream, bringing my heart before the Lord and saying, Lord, search me, know my heart, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I had a moment with Jesus and then I saw myself ascending the staircase and I felt Holy Spirit say, let me teach you, let me show you. And when I prayed into that, I really just felt impressed on my heart to encourage individuals. If there's anything perhaps in your heart that is stopping you from going deeper or higher in your relationship with Jesus won't you bring your heart before him I really believe that he wants to minister to hearts today in such an intimate intimate way I believe that he wants to teach us more things about his word he wants to teach us more about who he is as a person he wants us to ascend so if I can encourage you to take a moment now and bring your heart before him yes Lord just as you encourage us this morning from the book of Thessalonians, Lord, and as you encourage us through that word from Michelle, Lord, it is our desire that your word would be the instrument to which we set our lives. And this morning, Lord, as we open up your word and, and get into scripture, Lord, let our lives realign. Let our lives be set back on course as we seek after you, Lord, as we come to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint the preaching of the word of God this morning and that each one of us would just feel how our lives are coming back into line. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing. Um, I'm going to get into the word this morning. And I'm titling my message this morning, RSVP. RSVP. And it's going to be out of Isaiah 55 that I'm going to be sharing the word of God this morning. And RSVP, as you know, is something that we find on an invitation to an event. And it's actually an abbreviation for the French phrase, Respondez, s'il vous plaît, which means please respond. You will only be able to get to a party if you have RSVP'd or to an event. 
And this morning we're going to look at Isaiah 55, which is an invitation from the Lord. And the question I want to start this morning is, have you RSVP'd on everything that God has for you? Isaiah 55 is beautifully going to show us what He is offering us. And we have an opportunity this morning to RSVP to that. In December 26, Ruby Ibarra, a 15-year-old girl from a small village in New Mexico, celebrated her meant-to-be-for-a-small-community-of-people birthday with tens of thousands of strangers. It was her quinceanera birthday, which in the Mexican tradition is a birthday party that families have for girls turning 15, which is their coming-of-age birthday. Now, her dad, Crescencio Ibarra, posted a video on Facebook to invite the neighboring communities and friends to the celebration. And this celebration included local artists performing, loads of food, prizes to be won, and even a horse race. But instead of posting the invitation on Facebook as private, he blundered and he posted it as public. And as things are these days, it went viral. And before they knew it, 1.3 million people RSVP'd to attend Ruby's 15th birthday celebration. There's actually a Mexican airline, Interjet, that published a promotion offering 30% discount on flights to the nearest town if anyone was saying that they were going to Ruby's party. Now, as you can imagine, tens of thousands of people rocked up. The party was chaos and young Ruby clearly were distressed by all the attention of strangers all the attention of journalists and media. And what was really sad is that a 66-year-old man died during the horse race after being trampled on by horses. One click, the wrong click, and things went viral. And before they knew it, the whole world RSVP'd. And this is in so many ways a modern-day parable of the world we live in today. The world is constantly clicking public on all its invitations, public on all its news, public on all its opinions, public on all its events, and millions are simply just clicking RSVP. I am going to attend that. Jesus speaks about the broad and the narrow road. And in the same manner, the broad road is posting an invitation almost daily to our hearts. There's a way of life that the world is offering, but we as Christians have to RSVP to the invitation to walk on the narrow road of following Jesus. The broad road is a quick slip away from reality, a little celebration, a moment to let go and just be as if there's such personal equity in these invitations. When millions, in fact billions around the world, are simply walking on the same path and have clicked to respond to this invitation, to the broad path. And this morning as we open Isaiah 55 and look at the invitation Jesus has for us, it is an opportunity to RSVP to His invitation to walk the road and the ways that He has for us. And I believe this morning is a reset moment, a refocus moment for us as a church community to say, God, as every nation summers the West, we will be people who RSVP to your invitation and we will let the invitations of the world fall away because all it leads to is chaos and sin and death. This morning there's an opportunity for every one of us to say, yes, Lord. Okay, Lord, we want to click yes to your invitation. So as we read Isaiah 55 together this morning, 
hear what he says to you and how he's reaching out to you. And maybe just click RSVP. So let's read together Isaiah 55. I'm reading from the ESV translation. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for what, that which do not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that you did not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow came down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the brer shall come up the myrtle and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Isaiah 55, the great invitation, as many biblical teachers have called this. One teacher said it's God's perpetual invitation to his banquet of grace. How beautiful is that? When I read this and in preparing my message, just the idea constantly of God setting up a perpetual banquet of grace for us to come and eat from. And this morning again, I want to ask the question, have you responded? Have you clicked yes to attend this banquet feast of his grace? Maybe you have, but some other invitations have deemed more of your attention during these last days. Today, there's an opportunity again to RSVP. And I can almost hear Jesus calling out to you hard and say, Reponde, Silvuple, will you respond this morning to my invitation? Isaiah 55 is an invitation where God invites His people to feed them, to fulfill them, and to forgive them. Four times in the first verse it says come. And millions of times since then the Spirit has been beckoning our hearts and saying come. Come and drink from the, from the wellspring of life. Come and, come and drink those who are thirsty. Even in the last chapter of the Word of God in Revelation 22 it says the Spirit and the Bride says come. Let those who are thirsty come. Take the water of life without price. 
And that was said right after Jesus' words in Revelation 22. Behold, I'm coming soon. So we have to respond to this invitation. This perpetual banquet of grace. And it's not a once-off response. It is a daily response. It is a daily coming back to Him and say, God, let me feast on you today. Let me receive what you have for me today. And let me live in that place of responding to your invitation today. I'm going to talk about five specific invitations out of Isaiah 55. And the first one is come and feast. Not just eat a little. Not just there's something for you. But there's an abundance to feast upon when we come to Jesus. There's abundance to feast upon because of the everlasting covenant that He has made with us. And He says this, and this is another translation. Is If anyone is thirsty, come and drink, even if you have no money. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist says, There's nothing I desire on earth beside you. And C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to paraphrase, said this, If I find in myself desires that nothing of this world can satisfy, I can only conclude that I was not made for you. The invitation in Isaiah 55 is a free invitation to come and feast on everything that Jesus has for us. And at His banquet table, it never runs out. There's always something to eat. There's always something to get. It's in our devotion and our spending time with Him and seeking Him that we get filled up and fulfilled and satisfied and nothing in this world and no invitation of this world can ever, ever match that. During this lockdown season, if you were on social media, your appetite would have surely been awakened to some of the things that people have been posting. All those at home baking and their new recipes and it seems like the hit of the season was bread and homemade bread. And if you've just been on social media, you would just see what people were up to and, and it awakened some appetite. And, and we were the, the, the lucky recipients of some of these things that were baked. And one specific morning on a cold Wednesday morning, we, we got a, a quick message and someone came to drop us a freshly baked warm sourdough bread. And then they said that this is actually their first one they've ever baked. And that was just amazing. And as I was getting into this bread and enjoying it and being fulfilled with it, the idea that I didn't have to labor for this. I didn't have to bake this bread. I just get to benefit it. It is, it is such an image of what Jesus has done. He's come with His kingdom. He's come with His love, with His gospel. He said, it's free. I've made this for you. I've created it for you. Get into it. Eat from it. Live from it. It is free. Just come and feast. God beckons us. And He beckons us again this morning. And He says, let me satisfy you. Let me fulfill you. Come. Come, it's free. Come and feast upon everything that I have brought to you. Let's remember this great invitation at least three times a day. When we have breakfast, lunch and dinner. For we are in need of His grace all day long. See, Jesus is so dialed into our needs and, and so generous with, our, with His provisions that He says, every time you think about food, just lean into me and let me satisfy you first. It's been, it's been a challenging thought this week that, Lord, when I pray before I eat and, and say what we call grace before I eat, maybe there's a moment there to just consider the grace I have received this day. 
He bestows upon us choice nourishment. There's nothing fast food or left over when it comes to Jesus and his feast. The table of his hospitality is filled with choice nourishment. So he first of all invites us to come and feast with him and upon everything he has for us. The second invitation is to come to listen. Come to hear. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. The second invitation in Isaiah 55 is to come and listen with ears wide open to Him. Because it's in that listening and that we are reminded and rediscovering again the everlasting covenant that we find in Jesus. That through the lineage of David we are reminded here Christ will come, the King of Kings will come and we will be His people. And I believe in this season that we are in there's a battle for our ears. What are you inclining your ear to in this season? He says here, incline your ear to me. Lean into me that your soul may live. What are your ears inclined to? You see, living and soul living is locked up in our ears leaning towards the Father's heart, towards His voice. And I said this many times in this season that the world has so many voices to offer. And dare I say this morning that even the church has so many voices to offer. And any voice we hear from the church, we should ask the question, are these His words? Is this the words of the Father? I want to incline only to His words. I want to incline only to His word. And it's in that listening that we are reminded that He has through Jesus Christ given us an everlasting covenant. The King of Kings has come to save us and to set us free. Let's seek to listen to His beckoning, His voice every day. Have you heard His voice yesterday? Have you heard His voice this morning? Have you heard His voice last week? It is available to us if we would just lean in and listen. Come to listen. Let His voice be louder than any other food truck offering or sugar rush offering that gives us instant gratification and maybe gives us goods that will cost us more than we can afford. He said, come and feast, come and listen. And he said, that feasting will be fulfilled in that listening, where our soul's livelihood is made alive and we depend on it. So listen to his voice as if your soul depends on it, because it does. A third invitation is come seeking. And that word seeking is beautiful in the original language. One of the words that describes that word seeking is, to frequent. So frequent the Lord. Come often. Come regularly. Pursue Him. Run after Him. Seek Him out. The scripture said in Isaiah 55, seek the Lord while you can find Him. Call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish every thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that He may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God. He will forgive generously. That word, seek the Lord while He is near, has been so impressed on my heart over and over again this past week. Seek the Lord while He is near. 
come to him while he is available. Because the Bible makes it clear throughout scripture that the day of the Lord is coming. And there is an opportunity in the time and space we are in to seek him out. And let's not miss that. Let's seek him out in this season that we are in. Let's seek him out like never before. Let's make him our ultimate pursuit. Let's frequent our times with God. And in that, it is the message of the gospel over and over again. When we turn to God, He abundantly pardons. Maybe you've slipped away. Maybe in the weeks past, there's been some moments of slipping up. Maybe you've entertained some wrongdoing. Paul said, I'm praying for you, church and Thessalonians, that you would be blameless and holy. That's my heart for us as a church. That's what Michelle said this morning. The gospel says that he abundantly pardons. So if you have been seeking out other things, maybe seeking out wrongdoing, return to the Lord this morning. Return and frequently meeting with him. Because there will come a day where he returns and it might be a day where it's too late. So seek the Lord while he may be found. I'm going to be very bold this morning and share a dream with you that I dreamt on Sunday night last week. And the funny thing is I completely forgot about the dream. But later on the day, Helena called me and she told me what she prayed. And what she prayed is exactly what I dreamt. I was dreaming. I was standing on our, on our stoop just overlooking our view. And, and as I was standing there, suddenly the oceans just started coming up. And I was surrounded by a cloud as ever mist. And for a moment, I felt completely isolated, but completely at peace. And then in my dream, I recognized that the coming of the Lord is here. And in my dream, I wanted to make sure that my heart is intact. And, and I felt the Lord say, Pierre, you, you, you are right with me. You are in righteousness. But then my heart quickly shifted to those around me. And, and some names and, and, and faces came up in my dream of people who do not know Jesus. And then I woke up and that was the dream. And I actually forgot it. But later on that Monday, after I had the dream, Helena spoke to me and she said, Pierre, I prayed and the Lord showed me while I was praying just this idea of the ocean coming up and the clouds coming down and His return near. And then I knew that God wanted to get my attention. And I believe it's a message for anyone listening this morning. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Return to Him. Come back to Him. Run after Him. Frequent Him. This world has got nothing to offer us. We will never be satisfied in anything that this world has to give. Come to Jesus. Run after Jesus. Pursue Jesus. It is the only way to satisfaction and it's the only way to eternity. Come on, can we run after Him like never before? What would this church look like if all we do is frequent God every single moment of our lives? What will we see in the world around us? How will His kingdom come through our lives? Church of God, it's time to seek Him, and He's ready to be found, and He's ready to abundantly pardon anything we've done wrong. Maybe you've been keeping away from coming to God because you feel filthy and ashamed of what you've done. Right now in this moment, just say, God, here I am, I'm coming back, and He will say, my son, my daughter, I pardon you because my mercy is great. It's endless. It's an ocean. It's deep. It never runs out. Come and feast at my table. Let's seek Him out. The fourth invitation is to come up higher. Man, what would it look like if we really come up higher to where He thinks and where His ways are? He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The invitation is to come up higher, to come up to Christ's ways, to come up to Christ's thoughts, to take every thought captive, to have the mind of Christ and to live in the ways of Christ. Can we come up higher? And this is important. This invitation to come up higher is, is presupposed by first seeking Him. It reminds me of Psalm 24. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift his soul up to that which is false. What are you lifting your soul up to? Up to? If you lift it up to God, if you come into that right standing after seeking Him and, and, and accepting His pardon, then you can come up higher to a different way of seeing, a different way of thinking. We, we will not be succumbed to, to the circumstances of this world trying to keep us down and, and let us think only of the things of this world, but that we as the followers of Jesus will have the mind of Christ, see differently, act differently, do differently, and our ways will be aligned at a much higher space than what this world has to offer. He says, my church, come up higher. Can we be a church that come up to everything He has for us and think like Him and act like Him and be like Him in this season? And then lastly, come to be whole. Speaks about the Word of God like snow coming down from the heavens and waters the earth and it causes the grain to grow and it produces seeds for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And He says, in the same way, I send out my Word and it always produces fruit. It never returns to me void. It will accomplish everything that I've sent it out. And then he, he ends this invitation with the mountains and the hills will burst into song. You will live in joy and peace. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where there were nettles, myrtle trees will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of His power and love. His word is accomplishing everything it's purposed. The question is, are you standing in the way of the word? Are you standing in that, that way of the word coming to you? Even as I was reading the word this morning, I believe that life has already been changed. Even as I was opening it up to us this morning, because it always accomplished that for which it is purposed. And it's a glorious invitation that, that we see here. This invitation, this great invitation of sitting at His perpetual banquet feast of grace ends so beautifully and gloriously where He says, Where there were once thorns, now strong, established, striking cypress trees will rise up. And He says, You will live in joy and peace. And that word peace is the Hebrew word shalom which means wholeness. So the final invitation and the final promise in Isaiah 55 is that we can enter wholeness, that He will turn our lives around and the pain and the sorrow and, and the thorns He can turn into trees if we can just come. God's invitation for a brief time in history was set to private when He chose the Israel nation as His invitees. And then some other nations around them saw and discovered God through them. And they responded also to His invitation. But 2,000 years ago, when Jesus stepped into the world and Isaiah 55 was fulfilled, He set the invitation to His banquet feast to public. And it's not a once-off invitation, 
but a daily one. Have you responded, not just once, but recently? Do you want to respond today? To come and feast, to come and listen, to come seeking, to come up higher, to come to Him and be whole. All you have to do this morning is RSVP, yes. Say, yes, Jesus, I respond to your invitation. Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone who's hearing this message this morning, that right now, as they say, yes, Lord, I'm coming into the invitation, that by the power of your Holy Spirit and the active word that we've heard this morning, you would change lives in Jesus' name. That we would be a seeking people, seeking after you like never before. That we would be a people who come to you hungry to feast upon you because we know nothing in this world can satisfy. That we would be a people listening to your voice only. That we would be a people who come up higher and think differently and act differently because we have the mind of Christ and we are hidden in Christ Jesus and Christ in us is the hope of glory, Lord, and that we would be a people who are made whole because of this gospel message preached to us. And I'm going to give you a minute to just wait on the Lord. We'll have some music playing, but this is your opportunity to respond to His invitation. Don't delay. It's available to you in this moment. Thank you, Jesus.